This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. All right, I want to talk this morning about faith. What is faith? What is it? What's faith all about? Now, oftentimes we hear the word faith mentioned this way. We hear people say, and may we say this ourselves. I know I've said all of these. We hear this, we need to hold on to our faith. Another thing that you hear very often is, you still have your faith. Sometimes when people are perplexed and they're having a hard time, we might say something like, but you still have your faith. And then, I put my faith in Christ to save me. Praise God for that. I have faith that God will heal me. How many times I've heard that in hospitals, that I'm believing, that is faith, that word believing, trust, and faith, all are talking about faith here. People will say, I have faith that God will heal me. And then, I want to be found among the faithful. Now, those are all statements that we've been hearing for a long time that have to do with the subject of faith. So, here's the title of the message, What is faith? If you're taking notes, number one, the faith. When you see in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, where it talks about the faith, what is it talking about? The faith. Is it talking about the faith that I have and the faithfulness of God? The faith that that I have that God's going to heal me? The faith that I have that I'm going to find a new job? Or what does the faith mean in Scripture? Well, the faith means the apostles' teaching, the doctrines of God and His dealings with man. So when the Bible speaks of the faith, it's talking about the Bible. And so God's Word is the same today as it was when it was first written so that man could read it. It has never changed and will never change because it is the Word of God. Now, some examples of the faith in the Bible, and so I would encourage you to take notes because I got quite a few Scripture references this morning. But the first one is this, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Listen to what Paul says to Timothy. He says, but the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, in this passage, what he's talking about is the faith. He's talking about people in the last days, and I believe we're in the last days, but only God knows exactly when he comes again. But he's saying here the faith, he's talking about the doctrines, the teaching of the Word of God, the faith. And I want to tell you the number one way to stay true to the Word of God is to stay in the Word of God. You can go from church to church here in Tennessee in all 50 states, and there's all kind of churches, all kind of music, all kind of age groups, all kind of teaching. Everything has to line up with what's in the Word of God. The Word of God is our plumb line. The Word of God is our square. We have to stay with what the Word of God says. We have to be careful to stay true to the Word of God and not be deceived by performance-based acceptance 
teaching or the think positive social gospel message. They're both equally wrong. We need to read God's Word simply, plainly, with an open heart and mind to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to read God's Word in an attitude of prayer. And when we learn a new principle, we need to apply it immediately. I want to tell you, if you see a Bible falling apart, more than likely, the person who owns it's not falling apart. Amen? Stay in the Word of God. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. He says, I have kept the faith. The faith. He's saying, I'm staying by the Holy Word of God. Now, this doesn't mean not only that Paul himself had continued to believe in and obey the doctrines of the Christian faith, but also that he saw himself as a steward of the Word of God, that he needed to guard the Word of God, guard the doctrine which was committed to him, and to keep it in its original purity. Now, I know we have many translations today. Uh, I primarily speak from the New American Standard, but there are times I like to look at the New King James. It's a little more poetic at certain times, and then there are times I like to look at the NIV, and then sometimes... The New Living Translation can make something so clear, it's amazing. And I really like the NLT when I do devotional reading, but the truth is this, we want to keep God's Word in its original purity. Now, again, Paul says in 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen, he says, Be on the alert, stand firm, and notice again, in the faith. Act like men and be strong. And I want to tell you guys, if you'll stay in the Word of God, God will shape your mind to the things of God, who He is, who you are in Him, and you won't have to study to act like men. You will walk like the man God created you to be. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, Paul says, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. So when the Bible talks about the faith, it's talking about the doctrines of God. Read it every day and apply it day by day by day. You can't make your husband do it or your wife or your children or your mom and dad or even your pastor. But you can say, I'm going to be a man or a woman, boy or girl. I'm going to read my Bible every single day. Day And what I learn, I'm going to apply it to my life immediately. That is, number one, the faith. Second thing is this, not only the faith, but having faith. What does it mean to have faith? Number two, this means to take God at His word, to believe that God is God and that He will keep His word and His promises no matter what. Just because we don't necessarily understand something You have to say, I don't understand it. It actually makes me uncomfortable, but I'm going to choose to walk in it and see what happens because I believe in the Word of God, and I'm putting my faith there. And so Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must, here's the word, believe. Remember, believe, trust, Faith, you can use any one of these words, 
and you're speaking about the same thing. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. So you think I'm going to walk down here and there's two, four, six, seven chairs on the front row. And I'm just not sure which one will hold me up because I've been told I'm really way overweight here. Which one of these will hold me up? Because if I sit down and it doesn't hold me up, it's going to embarrass all of you or maybe me. And so I, I just sit down because I know it's going to hold me up. I absolutely, I mean, I'm not even doubting this at all. I'm putting my faith, my trust, I believe that that will hold me up. That chair will hold me up. And I want to tell you, I've lived long enough to believe that when I go to the Word of God, what I find in the Word of God is the Word of God. And I can put my faith, my believing, my trusting in it, no matter what, even when my feelings are telling me something else, I can say no feelings. God's Word says this, and the Spirit of God is in me. I'm going to walk this way and trust God. Amen? All of you have been in the positions in your life where you could not see your hand in life, so to speak, and you're just trusting God and His Word as the Holy Spirit leads you. And so we have to be men, women, boys, and girls who have faith. Now, you go to the Word of God, and if you're not willing to just sit down on the Word of God, even if you don't understand something in it, you say, I'm trusting it and not myself— if you're not willing to do that, according to the Scripture I just read, it's like calling God a liar. If God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, either it's the truth and He'll never leave you or forsake you, or He's lying. But if you lived your Christian experience wondering, has God abandoned me? Is God really there? My friend, I want to tell you, it's like calling God a liar. Now you say, well, I would never call God a liar, but just think about it. Choosing not to walk by faith no matter what, in a way, according to the Scripture, it's like he says here, the one who does not believe God, that means exercise faith in what God has said, and God himself, the one who does not believe God, has made him a liar. So having faith in who God says he is fixes our mind on Him, and He is our object of faith, just like me sitting in that chair is my object. I'm having faith in that chair to sit down. It'll hold me up. I put all my faith, my trust, my believing in God and His Word, and what He says is true and will come to fruition. Amen? And so that's how we ought to see having faith. You know what? When you have faith, in God, and you have faith in His Word, you know what happens? It puts things in order. Because if we're not careful, we put the creature ahead of the Creator. And when you put your trust in the God who wrote the Word, and put your faith in Him, and He becomes your object of faith, I rest with you, Lord, even when I don't understand you, you're putting the Creator first and the creature second. And one of the Bible lessons that uh, I promote all the time, there's an illustration that talks about a little boy who takes a piece of construction paper and he cuts out a little man. And then that little man 
turns around and looks up at him and says, who do you think that you are? I think sometimes, if we're not careful, the creature puts himself above the creator. Who are we to ask God what he's doing? Amen? And so, having faith. Third thing is this. Not only having faith, but also the Bible talks about the faithful. The faithful. Those who love God and abide in His Word, and we see this in one particular passage, Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, it speaks of the faithful servant. It says, His master said to him, and all of us want to hear these words, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. You say, I want to be part of the faithful. Well, on one way you could say, well, I am a child of God, but I'm not walking by faith, I'm not living by faith, and I'm not fulfilling what God put me here to do. Well, it doesn't mean you lost your salvation, but I can tell you this, it means you're not being faithful to God. And so, it speaks here of this servant using his abilities fully. Now, I want to ask you, I'm not putting you under any guilt at all. Sometimes I think maybe I should. It seems like it works in a whole lot of places. I don't want to do that. I'm just trusting God that I don't have to do that. But I want to ask you, are you allowing God to use you fully based on how He's made you and what gift He's given you upon your salvation? Are you allowing God to use you fully? Or are there things in your life ways of thinking that's keeping you from reaching your full potential because you want to be part of the faithful, those who are fully following God to the best that they know how, letting God use you. Or has something happened? You throttled back, and in eternity you're going to regret it because the Bible clearly says there's rewards and loss of rewards. That doesn't mean you can lose your salvation. Somehow we don't understand this completely, but the Bible clearly teaches there's going to be a time where we will stand as an individual before a loving Heavenly Father. It's not for our salvation, but it's for what we've done since we've been saved. Have you allowed God to fully use you, or have you been somewhat in neutral? You deal with that today. Only an individual can deal with that in their own personal life. Maybe it's time for you to roll up your sleeves and get busy for God in the right way, not legalistic way, not performance-based anything, but just because you love God with your whole heart. And then the faithful, and then saving faith. This is next. Number four, saving faith. This is when you put your trust right where God put your sin on Jesus on the cross. Now, some people may call it, different pastors, theologians, or different things you might read, they may call it regeneration. They may call it being born again. may call it being saved or being converted, but it means the same thing. You've entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and you've exercised saving faith in the process. So basically, you've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness. You've been transported into the kingdom of light. 
You've been taken out of Satan's kingdom. You've been placed in God's kingdom. You've exercised saving faith. You've put your faith in the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me personally. And I believe, trust, faith. And I'm born again. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So faith, remember, believing, trust, and faith. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. This is why I encourage you to be intentional in your sphere of influence in speaking to other people about Jesus Christ because they need to hear. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Jesus often said this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so I want to encourage you this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never exercised saving faith, listen. You need to hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I'm afraid far too many hear, but they don't really hear. Listen to what Isaiah. Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord say this. Listen to this. Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, and their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Somehow or another, we live in a culture right now that seems to always be hearing, but somehow their spiritual ears cannot take it in. Jesus said, He who has ears to hear... Let him hear. So, how can a person have saving faith? Listen and believe. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore, having been justified, that means to be declared righteous. Therefore, having been justified by faith, trust, believing is what this is, by faith, we have peace, notice, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, when you hear the gospel, and when you hear the, there's only one door to heaven, and when you hear John chapter 14, Jesus saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, no one can come to the Father but by me, and, and you're hearing, you have your spiritual ears on, the Holy Spirit does something within you and makes things more clear and then you say, I believe my only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. I believe the only way for my sins to be covered is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I'm putting all my faith, all my trust, all my believing in this fact alone. Jesus Christ died for me personally, period. At that point, my friend, you enter into a saving faith. And then what happens? John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You become a child of God when you listen and believe. Even to those who, here the word is, believe. Or you could say trust, or you could say faith. In his name. F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all 
I trust him. Amen? That is the only way to have saving faith. Fifth and last thing is this. It's living faith. It's living faith. The faith is the apostles' doctrine. What does the Word of God say? And listen, trust me on this, young people. If you think somehow I'm going to get into God's Word later, I want to tell you, years will slip by. Years will slip by. And you'll realize I've never really been in the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. It is the faith, the teaching of the Word of God. It's having faith. And being in the Word of God strengthens the having of faith. Be someone who says, I'm going to be faithful to God, the faithful, saving faith, that is believing the Lord Jesus Christ, and then living faith. Now that you have believed in the Word of God and what Christ has done for you on the cross, and you've entered into saving faith, now keep moving with God by faith. The good thing is you have the Holy Spirit in you. Living faith, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus. How did I receive him? By faith. Trusting. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so, notice the word here, walk. You know, in the Bible when it says walk, a lot of times what it's talking about is my life or my way of life or the path that I'm on with Christ. He says, now, therefore, as you have received Christ, I received him by faith, so walk in him. You know, that means keep going, exercising the same faith you started your new personal relationship with God with. So the Bible says, by grace you have been saved through faith. So the believer is also to walk and live by this faith that started with him when he believed in Jesus Christ. So that is this. To live a surrendered life to the inward control of the Holy Spirit, moment by moment. We call that the abiding life. So, what will happen? Now that a person has entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, been under somehow the hearing of the doctrines of God and putting the object of their faith, God Himself and His Word, and believing and receiving and now living by faith, you know what happens? This is what happens. You begin to realize that I have faith that when I pray, He really hears me. How many people will say things like this, I wonder if God really hears me. When I pray, it's like I'm wondering, it seems like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. You ever had someone say that? You ever thought that or felt that inside? Faith that He really hears your prayer. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. This is the confidence, or I believe you could say faith here. This is the faith that I have. I believe and I trust Him. This is the confidence which we have before Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that is faith also. We know that we have the request which we have asked from Him. So, what did he say here? He said, according to his will. In other words, okay, how can I know the will of God? How can I ask, believing, faith, and trusting, and know that I'm asking according to the will of God? I can tell you how. Again, 
Spend time in the faith, the doctrines of the Word of God. You know what happens when you spend time in the Word of God? It begins to line your will up with the will of God. And then you ask according to the will of God. Amen? It changed your thinking. You're thinking more and more instead of being what Zig Ziglar calls stinking thinking. Your thinking becomes godly, biblical thinking, and you begin to pray, and you begin to ask according to His will. So as you read His Word, listen to the Holy Spirit. Apply His Word to your life by the Holy Spirit, and God's will will become your will. You'll be synonymous with the will of God. And you know what happens? That's what conforms you to the image of Jesus. If you say, well, I'm a Christian, I want to ask you this. Do people see the beauty of Jesus in you? When we're being conformed to the image of Christ, people see Christ in our life. And I think sometimes uh, us judgmental Southern Baptists, we get so focused on wanting to see Jesus and everybody else, kind of like, I'm waiting, and we don't realize maybe no one can see Him in us. I think we ought to be ashamed to have those elder brother uh, thinking, and uh, we need to say, God, what do you want to do with me as I choose to simply keep living by faith? Another thing that happens is this. When you're living by faith, I've exercised faith and Christ has saved me. And now I'm getting up day by day and God's living through me. I'm living by faith. Second thing is this. You have faith that you really have a home in heaven. That may not mean anything to you yet, but if you get that report from the doctor that says something wrong, everything changes in your mind from that point on, trust me. You begin to say, do I really have a home in heaven? But if you've been walking, living by faith all these years, this is what you'll be thinking. He'll carry me through that also. Amen? John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Faith in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So if you are doubting your salvation, I wonder if I were to die in a car wreck today, do I really have a home in heaven? Do you want that doubt to move away from you? Put your mind to the apostles' doctrine. Let the Holy Spirit control you. And I want to tell you, I don't know when, but eventually that doubt of salvation is going to leave you. Grow your faith by walking by faith. And so... A third thing we see here, as far as thinking about living by faith, faith that He really hears our prayers, faith that we really have a home in heaven, but also faith that His presence is in you now, here on earth. Right now, Christ in you, the believer. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 says, the, the Great Commission here, a portion of it says, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
I was in the airport with a man, and uh, he was nervous about flying. He wasn't on our team. He was with someone else. I was looking for an opportunity to just talk with him a little bit, and he said uh, he was nervous about flying. And so I said, you know, Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. He said, that's exactly right. Lo, I'm with you always. (laughs) I think he's doubting the high part. (laughs) So we have faith that his presence is in you now here on this earth. Living faith. And then faith. Remember, faith, trust, and believing. All the same thing. Faith in his wisdom. Faith in his wisdom. And I'll tell you, that's right where I am right now in my life. God, I'm just walking by faith in your wisdom because mine ain't too great sometimes. Amen? I know that's wrong English. It's because I have a lack of wisdom. I'm dependent on the wisdom of God. James chapter 1, verse 5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him what? Ask of God. God, I lack wisdom in this. God, give me your wisdom. I want to tell you, right then... I need to already have mine made up. I'm believing, trusting, having faith in the wisdom of God in whatever this matter is. But I want to tell you, you can't separate that from you being in the faith, the doctrines of the Word of God. Those two have to go together. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So as you live by faith, you need daily wisdom. But if you are just doubting God, or if you're not spending time in his word, you're going to be very unwise. You won't have the godly wisdom that you need. Another thing that we see as we live by faith is we have faith in his strength. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart, what? Trust, that's faith, in Him, and I am helped. So day by day you say, Greater is He that is within me than he that is within this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so the psalmist says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart, trust. I'm exercising living faith, ongoing faith in Him, and I am helped. How many times have you been in a situation where you said, God, if you don't come through, I don't know what's going to happen. And you said, but I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you with the consequences. And then you watch Him help you. And then faith in His love. Probably one of the greatest needs that people feel all over this world is a need to be loved. Just somebody loved me. Romans 8.35 says this, Put your faith in this. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? In other words, nobody can separate you from the love of God. Amen? You say, but I don't feel loved. Hey, look, it's not feelings. It's what? Faith. You see, faith is the foundation. The faith is right here. That's why you need to be in it. Put your faith in the faith, the facts of the Word of God, 
and let your feelings come and go as they will. Because, listen, I would say the majority of the world, they're living by their feelings. We can't put our faith in our feelings. We put our faith in the facts of the Word of God and let our feelings line up behind the Word of God. Romans 8, 37 through 39, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. And listen to what he says here. For I am convinced, in other words, I have put my faith in Him, and I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody sent me a text the other day and brought the attention to where he said, no one will be able to separate us from the love of God. And just before that, nor height, nor depth, nor, listen, any other created thing. Amen? People are created by God. And so according to that portion right there, an individual cannot separate you from God's agape love. No matter how horrible they are, no matter what they've done to you, no matter what they may do to you in the future, no individual can separate you from the love of God. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.